What is up guys? It is Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be jumping into some buy low players for week two of the fantasy football season. I really think early on in the season the best opportunity to capitalize on trades. I feel like that's where you get the best return. You know I've done some videos in the offseason talking about that. I just think early on in the season you'll have people overreacting. A player will go out, they'll have a big time performance. People will just fall in love with that guy. They'll overpay. On the other end of the spectrum, you know, more related to this video, they'll have someone on their roster, they'll underperform early on, and they'll start to panic. That's where you guys slide in with some offers, buy these players for cheap. They're probably never going to have a lower price tag than they have right now. So I'm going to be talking about five players in this video that I think you guys should be buying low on. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Also, any fantasy questions, uh, start sits for week two, waiver wire, trade advice, whatever it is, just drop those questions down below. I'll be getting back to every single person, but let's jump into some of the buy low options. Now, remember, I'm going to talk about some players. Please do not be one of those people who comes in the comments and is like, oh my God, no one's ever going to trade that guy just because of one week. Maybe not in your league. Maybe you wouldn't make that decision, but these are things that do happen in fantasy football leagues. People love to overreact, so just don't be that guy down in the comment sections. Obviously, you know, if someone's not going to sell a player for low, then don't overpay, you know, if they're struggling early on, but let's just jump into it. So first player is going to be Alvin Kamara. I think Kamara is a potential buy low option just because people, you know, when they're picking Kamara, they're likely picking him in that range with Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift. And what did we just see with Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift? We saw some massive games out of those guys. I mean, Saquon went nuclear. DeAndre Swift was fantastic as well. And then Alvin Kamara went out there, 7.6 points, 9 carries for 39 yards, 4 targets, 3 receptions, 7 yards. Wasn't overly efficient, didn't really have that great of a workload, didn't get into the end zone, and wasn't a huge target hog on offense. So overall, just a pretty crappy day for Alvin Kamara, if we're being honest. I really don't think this changes anything for me, you know, on my long-term, you know, outlook for Kamara. He's not a guy who always relies on a huge workload. He typically relies on efficiency. He's likely going to score a lot of touchdowns, and he's going to have a solid receiving role. We've got to remember, these guys are going to have down games throughout the season. Kamara, unfortunately, just had one of his uh, week one. The Saints went down in this game early, so they were losing early on. That's what really limited his rush attempts here. I think overall, even though Kamara wasn't super involved as a pass catcher, I think the passing attack as a whole was encouraging. We saw Winston attempt 34 passes, 23 of 34, threw for 269 passing yards and two touchdowns. Like this just happened to be a day where Jarvis Landry went for over 100 yards. Don't think that's going to happen a ton. Michael Thomas with his monster game, two touchdowns. Kamara is going to have his opportunities. I still think Kamara is going to be a mid-tier running back one. So if you're able to get him at any kind of discount, like if someone's valuing him as a, you know, fringe RB1, RB13, RB14, slide in there, get yourself some Alvin Kamara because his price is probably never going to be cheaper than it is right this second. The next player is going to be Kyle Pitts, and the same thing applies here. Pitts just had a bad game straight up, you know, no sugarcoating it. 3.9 points, brutal out of a guy you're expecting to be an elite tight end. Seven targets, only two receptions for 19 yards. So like I said, it was a bad game, wasn't efficient with his targets. He did command targets, just didn't produce. 
overall, I kind of feel like this was an encouraging game for the Falcons offense. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, kind of just expected this Falcons offense to be like horrific, thinking it was just Kyle Pitts and just Drake London, and then it was going to be garbage. They looked like a decent offense out there. Like They're obviously not going to be a top unit, but I mean, Mariota went out there 20 for 33, 215 yards. They just weren't horrible as a whole. The reason why I think Kyle Pitts is a great buy low is that once the season really gets going, there are so few opportunities to acquire elite tight ends. It's just so hard to make an offer that makes sense to the guy holding the tight end because you just have to upgrade you know, another position of theirs so highly to get that tight end right. Because if they have a, a Kelsey and Andrews, a Pitts, they have that guy locked into their lineup and then they probably have some decent options at wide receiver and running back. You just have to make such a crazy offer or give them another solid tight end for them to want to make that move. So if you can go out, get someone who drafted Kyle Pitts, maybe they're panicking a little bit. If you can snag that elite tight end early on in the season, I think it's a great opportunity. Overall, you know, I feel like this week, guys like Dawson Knox, Cole Komet, these like fringe tight end ones just did not turn out. It's so nice to just have a top tight end in your lineup. So if you can go out and get a Kyle Pitts, you know, buying him low, I think you guys should definitely be doing that. Now we're going to jump over to the wide receiver position, and I'm going to be talking about Elijah Moore here. Elijah Moore really didn't have a brutal game. 9.9 PPR points, was targeted seven times, caught five of them for 49 yards. I just think Elijah Moore is a decent buy low because we saw a lot of these other second-year wide receivers ball out. Obviously, Jamar Chase went nuclear. Jalen Waddell had a really solid game. Amon Ra played well. Rashad Bateman had that deep touchdown. So these guys like Amon Ra, Rashad Bateman, these players were being drafted in the same range as Elijah Moore. Both of them were actually probably going a little ahead of him. But, you know, they were in that pocket of young wide receivers, potential breakout candidates. Those guys played well. Elijah Moore, you know, had a more pedestrian game. I still believe he has mid-tier wide receiver two upside this year. You look at his stretch last year, went out on an absolute tear. He was solid in this game. I think once Zach Wilson gets back, it'll probably help him out. But I just think at some point in the season, Elijah Moore is going to go nuclear. And when you can kind of just throw him in as a trade piece, I don't think anyone's going to be overly attached to Elijah Moore, or some people may not be. He's kind of just maybe viewed as a guy who's like a potential flex play. I think he's definitely going to be more than that in the long term, and it's just someone I want on my roster. So if you can buy low on Elijah Moore, I would definitely do so. The next guy is going to be another uh, younger wide receiver. We've got Darnell Mooney. He probably had the worst game out of any of these guys, you know, on the buy low list. 1.8 points, three targets, one reception, eight receiving yards. This was the guy where I was talking all offseason. He's going to give you, you know, a solid weekly floor. He's going to have solid volume. He may not have the ceiling, but he's going to be consistent, you know, volume play. He was not a volume play today. Like I said, three targets, one reception, horrible, horrible production. But we really got to look at this game. The weather was brutal in Chicago. Those were not, you know, conditions that were going to lead to a solid passing game from either quarterback. I mean, the Bears put up 19 points. They only had eight total completions, 17 pass attempts for 121 yards. There was not a lot to go around out there. This is not something I'm going to be expecting on a consistent basis from the Bears. I don't think they're going to be a good offense. They may even be a bad offense, but they're still going to have some passing production, much better than they did on Sunday. I still think Mooney in the future is going to be a solid flex play with you know wide receiver two upside. 
So if someone has Mooney and they're not super attached to him and they see the 1.8, you'll be surprised at how many people see a dude just totally busting their lineup and they will never forgive that guy. If someone's feeling that type of way about Darnell Mooney, I think he's someone you should welcome onto your roster. And now the fifth and final buy low player is actually going to be someone from that same uh, Chicago 49ers game, and it is going to be quarterback Trey Lance. Scored 10 points, did not look good. Obviously, just from a real-life fantasy perspective, he was obviously supposed to beat the Bears. They lose to the Bears, not exactly ideal. You know, as a Bears fan from Chicago, it's not a good unit we have over there in Chicago. They still got the win over the 49ers, so not a great look from Trey Lance. I feel like this is probably as bad as it can get for Trey Lance. 13 of 28 passing, 164 yards, an interception, 13 rush attempts for 54 yards, did not score a touchdown. He still gets the 10 points. Like I said for Mooney, the conditions were terrible. He didn't have George Kittle. If you drafted Trey Lance, I guess this doesn't really apply to you, but maybe you have Trey Lance. Please do not panic after one week. If we are giving up on Trey Lance, you know, as a fantasy quarterback in his third NFL start in brutal conditions without his, you know, one of his best weapons, like what are we doing here? But I do think people out there are going to be giving up on him. Maybe they drafted him as a late round guy. They like the upside. Then he's terrible week one. They may want to move on. I wouldn't even be surprised if some people were just straight up releasing Trey Lance. He's someone that I would strongly consider just throwing back into my lineup in week two. I think he can bounce back. I think there's going to be some growing pains, but I think the rushing usage was very encouraging. 13 rush attempts. I think once he gets Kittle back and is in decent conditions, he's going to be a solid fantasy quarterback. So maybe you make a move for him. I was kind of going to recommend like doing like maybe if you have like a Burrow, a Brady, a Dak, like getting a Trey Lance and then having a solid upgrade at another position. The problem is, is that all those guys in that tier, like Burrow was, I guess, okay for fantasy, but five turnovers, Dak is going to be out for a while, and then Brady wasn't great. So you're not really getting like the sell high mixed with the buy low. But I truly do believe that Trey Lance is going to be a solid fantasy quarterback moving forward. So, you know, if you're able to get him for cheap, I think you should definitely do it. So those are going to be my five buy low players. We had some top options, elite players, Alvin Kamara, Kyle Pitts, you know, some maybe flex options, Elijah Moore and Darnell Mooney, and then one quarterback in Trey Lance. Let me know what you guys think about these buy low options. If you want to bounce some trades off me down below in the comment section, go ahead and do that. If you did enjoy, like, subscribe, please. really helps me out a ton. Also, if you haven't seen it already, I have a waiver wire video up, and then I'll also be posting my sell high players uh, today as well. So go check those out if you haven't already. Thank you again, and I'll see you guys in the next one.